Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started. Maura, thanks again for your time. Why don't we start by, if you can tell us a little bit about your own background and your business. Okay, thank you, Paul. Delighted to join you. So my business is BeProductive.ie and my focus is on helping individuals and organizations be productive with their time. Um, and it's really just, it came about in recognition of the fast paced world we all work in and how people are coming in increasingly stressed with managing their time. So about three years ago, I set up the, the training consultancy um, to look at, I suppose, what were the factors contributing to that stress people were feeling and to come up with some solutions and practical tips to help people uh, take more control of their time and boost their productivity. So that's the business and my background itself is that I've been training and consulting for about 20 20 years at this stage of my original career. I started out as a biochemistry graduate from Trinity and then worked in the pharmaceutical industry for 10 years in the UK and the US. And towards the end of that, when I was leaving, I'd been working on a laboratory robotics project and I had to train a lot of people to learn how to use the technology. And I sort of had a light bulb moment where I realized I absolutely loved training and passing on skills and knowledge to others. So at that point, I was relocating back to Ireland. So I decided to change career path and moved into training and development and then ultimately consultancy down the line. Okay. So the kind of training and then consultancy, um, was that a little bit accidental then? Well, I suppose I, no, I, well, I suppose I experienced training and decided I loved it. So then I deliberately planned then to make a change in my career and, you know, got some training skills myself and certifications and then worked in technical training initially. And then one of the organizations I worked in, Prince First, about 20 years ago, I was part of the HR department and invited on to more soft skills training type programs and have just loved that whole area ever since so for about the last 20 years I've been doing training and project management around business skills and just helping people be better in their role and giving people the skills to fill any gaps that they they might have as they they go about perform their role so people have their technical skills but then the business skills sometimes you know, aren't as obvious that that's what people need. So that's what I love teaching people. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that we see um, is those business skills are sometimes harder to identify. Uh, you know, yeah. if you're technical, you're technical, and you can, if you're, you know, a Java developer, you can develop something. Um, but it's that kind of software stuff that that's a little bit more intangible is is hard to identify. That's it, yeah. And there are the sort of, I suppose, the standard training courses around teamwork and communications, um, various things. But the productivity came around and a lot of people say to me, actually, I never realized you could get training on, on how to be more productive. And I had worked a lot on projects around, you know, examining roles and looking at priorities and capacity planning and analysis and efficiencies and process improvements. So, made me think well yeah I'll put, put something new together that really focuses on helping people to look at their role what their responsibilities are what the most important things are they should be doing and then seeing how they can manage and, and organize their time and protect it so they can use it for the, the things that they feel most pressure to deliver okay in terms of productivity 
I think, you know, everyone has a general idea of, of what it is, but what exactly is productivity and how can that be measured? Yeah, I mean, it's you can look at it lots of different ways. The word itself, I suppose, origin, originates from producing and from a manufacturing environment where you've got maybe all the components of a car, you've got a number of people who work on manufacturing that car and then the car is output at the end of the day. So it's very much about producing products. But if we look at it in any role within any organization, it's really about, I suppose, looking at the time that you have with your resources um, and what are the things that they need to produce. So that could be a report, it could be um, a list of statistics, it could be a PowerPoint presentation, it could be making headway on a project, you know. So um, it's, it's for each person in their role, I suppose, to look at what are their key responsibilities and what are the things that they need to be producing on a weekly basis or maybe it's a monthly basis. Sure. Um, so it's, it's the impact, really, of your efforts. So I often, a lot of the courses that I, that I run, I call them how to turn busy into productive. So nearly everyone I know nowadays is busy and often have a day where you're so, you feel I've been so busy, but I still feel like I got nothing done. Yeah. So, you know, when you stop and think about that, what's in behind that? And that's what I really help people try and figure out. And, um, Often it's because people are busy maybe working on things that they're being pulled into or asked to do, but they weren't on their list of priorities. So you get to the end of the day and think, I had this great list, I had this great plan, but I didn't get a minute to do anything off my plan. And that's where the frustration comes from. Yeah. So it's, it's helping people be really clear about what they should prioritize so that when new things crop up, you're able to make the right decision and then use your time for the right things. Yeah, no, and I'm sure you'll mention it again, but, you know, things like email and being a slave to your inbox is mm. I it's kind of high up there in terms of a, a block. I often say to people, your inbox is everybody else's priorities, not yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as much as you can, or just be very sort of structured about how you interact mm. with it. So there's um, lots of things you can do there. No, definitely. Uh, in, in terms of the article that you wrote for us, uh, and thanks again for the employee retention guide, you kind mm-hmm. of talk about the positive impact of productivity on overall corporate wellness. Can you talk yeah. us through a little bit? Yeah, so there's a lot of research that shows that if people are happy in the workplace, they're productive. But I sort of flip that around and say, as well as that, if people feel they can be productive and if they have a productive day and if the organization enables them to be productive then they're going to feel quite happy about their job and about their efforts and what they're achieving so one of the exercises i often do at the start of a workshop is i get split the group into two and i get one group to just talk about how it feels that day where you don't feel productive um, and then the other group do the opposite and when you look at all the feelings behind it you can see how when you have a productive day, you pretty much bounce out of the office and you feel really satisfied. Um, and it also really, A, it helps you switch off after work because you're not going away with that worry that you haven't done the important things. So therefore, you come back in refreshed the next day and you're quite motivated to have another really productive day. Yeah. So it really does build. So to me, that's, you know, for organizations to look at, well, are we giving people the right environment to be productive? Are we um, 
supporting them? Are we managing them? Have we got good manager relationships that enables people to be productive? So, like, I mean, some of the things that, you know, an individual might have great skills, um, but if they have a manager who keeps changing their minds and keeps landing, you know, new priorities or keeps or leaves things to the last minute or, you know, sometimes you might have structures in an organization where, I might do a piece of work, but then I have to wait for three people to sign it off before I can get the thing out the door, you know? So sometimes the processes don't enable productivity either. Um, so, you, you know, you can sort of look at it at a number of levels. There's the individual skills and individuals' ability to work smartly, but then also the organization needs to look at, at how it's enabling people to be productive. So I often would start with a session with the senior team and, talk to them about their role in enabling productivity for their teams. Yeah, and uh, I, I really wonder how many times people actually take the time to think about, you know, what are the outputs that we require and, and what does kind of productivity mean for us almost? Yeah, it's always a very interesting exercise and yeah. it really sets everybody thinking if, if you do that. Um, and it's not about, you know, analyzing every down, everything down to the, the last degree and turning people into robots at all. It's very much helping people to um, prioritize themselves so they're really clear about what they should be focusing on. Yeah. Um, because often people aren't, you know, they might have a job description that has certain roles in it, but then they get asked to do a completely different set of work. Yeah. yeah you, you know, not completely different, but, you know conflicting and i think you know i don't like to make assumptions ever really but uh, you know if you're clear in terms of of priorities and um, it, it gives people flexibility almost to manage their day and their time as long as they know what's required absolutely yeah yeah so as long as as the right outcome is achieved then you know you can give people that that flexibility and um, let them um, sort of empower them really to to make their own choices about how they use their time as long as they're delivering what you need them to deliver. In terms of the work you, you do with companies and, and your research and stuff around this, what would you say are the key blocks that you would most commonly see in organizations to achieving productivity? Um, I suppose the two things that probably, probably three things actually. One is the um, the impact of the open plan offices. So, uh, you know, most workspaces now are open plan and that's fantastic for communication and teamwork. And, you know, it means people can maybe resolve issues as they crop up rather than having to, you know, arrange meetings or whatever. So that's all fantastic. But obviously with that, then it brings all the distractions, the noise, yeah. Um, so that people, um, you know, sometimes feel they have no space or time to think. So there's a lot of tasks that we can do where, where you know, we don't need to get engrossed that much. But there, then there are a lot of um, pieces of work that require a level of focus. And sometimes you need quiet for that. So I suppose, I mean, a lot of organizations recognize that and they create pods or quiet areas for people to go to. But I find actually that sometimes people are reluctant to go to those spaces, even though they're there, you know, they feel a bit weird doing that. So I often try and work with people and say, no, do, you know, just at certain times and associate it with achieving a certain piece of work and then work with your teammates and say, 
on Thursday morning I'm going to go for an hour here um, and then if you want to do it at a different time I'll cover for you you know so that people work together on it yeah so that's one of the key things is the actual um, the distractions of the open plan office and um, the next thing uh, as we've mentioned already is email and the volume of email and it's not so much the email but it's it's the expectations that people feel to um, respond instantly yeah so we have instant communication and the research shows that um, emails are opened within six seconds of them arriving um, in general in the workplace which is, is quite terrifying when you think about it so it means that people are just constantly on their email and I think people are because well a it's addictive but b they feel a pressure if they're not because there's an expectation that they will respond as soon as it arrives. So yeah. I often work with senior teams and say, what response time do you want your people to have? You know, And you know, usually this is when they're in a training session with me and I'm saying, you've all been here for two hours and nobody's doing emails. So you know, the, the organization didn't fall over. Yeah. So it's, it's about thinking about, it's almost giving people a permission to say, even switch out of the email for you know 25 minutes in every half an hour and check it every five minutes every half an hour you're still staying on top of things but you're giving yourself 25 minutes of uninterrupted time mm. so it's looking at that and then i suppose the other the third thing in some organizations it's worse than others is the, the meeting time that yeah. can be that can really eat into people's time as well yeah, God, I think we've all sat through what people consider pointless meetings. And I think what, one of the things we try to do, and we're not perfect by any means, one of the things we always try to do is, is to have a clear outcome for a meeting so that at least you're aiming towards something. You know, yeah. Rather than a chat about, it's let's get something done. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's a great tool on the Harvard Business website, Harvard Business Review. Mm. Um, it's a meeting cost calculator. Yeah. It's like a little app. You go in and you put in the number of people in the meeting, the, the duration of the meeting, and their av the average salary of everybody there, and it gives you the cost of a, of a meeting. It's amazing, and but it's really useful if you're trying to put something in monetary terms, you know. Yeah, I think it's up there. But I never realised the the uh, average opening time for an email was six seconds. It, it makes sense when you think about it, but it's scary when you say it out loud. It's crazy, isn't it? Because. Mm. It's okay if it's your real high priority emails from your top yeah. clients or something that's very urgent, but like half of them could be somebody in reception saying the clampers are outside the building or because that is quite urgent, but you know, or it could be, you know, where we go for the Christmas party or you know, so the amount of emails that come in that aren't high priority and that's that's one of the things I do with people in relation to email management is having a mechanism for categorizing them so you might have very instant response time to certain ones and the yeah. others you leave them until it suits you to do them so it's, it's taking control again and without going down the, the rabbit hole that is email uh, yeah i wonder how much you know cc'ing people almost needlessly yeah. sometimes clogs inboxes and the other thing that's really jumping to mind is the experience of anyone i think coming back even if it's after a couple of days off to an inbox that's overloaded but you know, any time I've done it, I've always walked away thinking, God, half of that was totally unnecessary. I didn't even need to see yeah. it. Yeah, and the, the tip is to work backwards when you come back from being out of the office because if you start with the most recent emails, you'll find that some of the issues that maybe cropped up a week or two ago have resolved themselves yeah. by the time you get to it, you know. So work backwards. 
Um, leading kind of on from that, just regarding the, the changing nature of work and how that impacts productivity, the kind of the next evolution, as I see it anyway, of email will be the likes of kind of Slack and other instant yeah. messaging tools. How have those tools and, and the other changing nature of work, how, do, how has all that impacted on productivity? It's, um, it's got benefits and, and downsides as well because a lot of, particularly something like instant messaging, for a lot of people in organizations, that's actually doubled the, the impact of email. Do you know what I mean? Because they now have this second messaging system mm. and the expectation with something like instant messaging, as it suggests, is that you definitely do keep it on all the time and respond. So um, it actually means people have to manage a couple of different apps programs. Um, so I think with things like... Um, Slack and messaging, and maybe even in some organizations, there are WhatsApp groups, etc., for business. Um, they've crept in without any maybe rules or boundaries around them. So it's it's harder for people to manage it and to keep on top of it all. Whereas something like Slack, if you, if you sit down and say, okay, we're going to use it, a lot of organizations maybe would try and use it for their internal communication and then try and just keep email for external commun- communication with clients. So mm-hmm. That's great if it's done in a planned way because then you give everybody the criteria around how to respond to one and how to respond to the other. Um, So I think if it's well managed, it can be fantastic. And then the idea of Slack or Trello is another one that works really well for teams working on the same project. It means that only the people who need to be notified are notified. And then you don't even need to be sending messages because it's very much a Kanban type board so you can see the status of things without having to ask somebody. Mm. So they're the tools that I suppose organizations want to move towards because they streamline things and they reduce the amount of noise I think around people's day when it comes to messaging. So I think like with anything like that, it's to implement it but do it in a planned strategic way so you, you maximize the benefits and you I suppose, mitigate against any of the downsides. Sure. Um, Covered an awful lot there. What would your top productivity tips be for people who are, you know, interested in increasing productivity overall in the workplace? For any of the tips, the first step is to actually make a bit of a mindset shift about how we view our time. And, you know, so any of the tools or tips or the apps they won't really help you make changes in, in a long-term way unless you sort of decide in your head yourself that you, it's, it's accepting that we have a limited amount of time. Time is our most valuable asset because it's the one thing we can't get more of. You know, we're, we're, we're all limited to the amount of time in the day. So it's really valuing and protecting your time and making sure that you don't give it away to um, activities that aren't important or high value. And, and that's, that includes allowing ourselves to be distracted by things that we often enjoy doing, you know. So we have to sort of challenge ourselves as well and um, push ourselves to not spend too much time on things that, that aren't high value. It's sort of 
getting the most out of our time in the day so we can get out the door in time and do all the other things that we want to do in our life. So it's, it's sort of a holistic view. It's not just about getting loads of work done. It's about getting all the important, finding time for all the important things that we're all trying to juggle. Sure. So that you get out of work so you can go to the gym or go and do whatever hobby or see your family, you know, so that the hours that you're in work, you're, you're as efficient as you can be. You're getting the most out of your time. So I suppose it's that initial mindset flip that actually my time's really valuable so i'm going to be careful what i use it on hmm. well, great great advice and um, if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about your business and what you do what's the best way for them to contact you yeah so uh, lots of ways really the our, my website is beproductive.ie so that's easy enough to find hmm. um and I do a lot of blogging on all a lot of the topics that we've discussed here. Um, smart email management, meetings control, uh, how to stay focused, managing distractions, working from home. A lot of you know a lot of the topics. So a lot of blogs there if people are interested in reading a little bit more and getting some of the background. Um, and then there's a resource page as well with a lot of productivity templates and tools that people could download. Um, then I'd be very active on Twitter and I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well and LinkedIn. So basically the beproductive.ie handle, you, you'll find me all over social media. Uh, particularly Twitter, I suppose I use the most because I put a, put a tip up most mornings, a little tip to give people a productivity boost on their way into work, keep them focused. If you're getting distracted by your phone, at least go and do something productive and look at my Twitter handle. Yeah, exactly. And I know you mentioned it, but um, I, I did have a good look through the resources and, and the blogs and the website. Some really, really good stuff there. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I, I'd really encourage everyone to have a look and we'll make sure we have a couple of links at, at the end of the uh, interview. Yeah. So um, thanks a million again for your time and for your contribution to the retention guide and hope people take loads away from this. Yeah, great. Thanks a million. Hope people find it useful and sure, get in touch anyway. If anybody has any particular questions, I'd be delighted to interact with people. Thanks, Maura. Okay, thanks, Paul. Thanks for joining us today on Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. For show notes and other goodies, go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. That's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.